Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello again and welcome to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. 4Play is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today's episode, Adam, we're going to talk about midlife, the midlife crises in sex. uh, (laughs) Let's define midlife so I know where I fall. I'm not quite sure. You are like very young. I think think you think I'm younger than I I actually am. No, no. I'm I'm about to be 40. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't consider that old, but I don't like... I feel like I mean that's halfway, right? Is forty still halfway? No, no, no. They they actually say it's not. So fifty oh. is really more midlife. Fifty yeah. is more. Yeah. So I got a few years. You got before, a decade. A decade before. A decade I, before your midlife. I, before my midlife crisis. Yeah, exactly. Anything I should do to prepare for this <laughs> coming? Stay in shape. Stay in shape. <laughs> Some trying. That's that would really help. That would really help. I think. You know, I think what men say, and I reviewed a little bit of this book, Passages, which is a book that came out probably when I was younger, right, in my 30s, I think. And the issue for men is they say, you know, sex isn't that great. It it isn't as great as it was. And so they have this incredible desire to be young again. And, Mm. And that is one of the gripping sexual issues that hits at midlife. Do you think... Are people still having this? Is this still a th- having midlife crises? Yeah, I mean, it. it yes, it seems like I don't know. I mean, yes, I, I feel like it's so cliched now that people should see it coming, but maybe they don't. You know, I think just how they how people tell you, 
you know, your children are going to grow up in a blink of an eye, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is true. It is true yeah. that your children are just grown so fast. And I think the thing that is also true is that midlife crises, you know, midlife hits you and you're there suddenly and, and you had no expectation that it would happen to you, that you would suddenly be old or, or older. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's it just sneaks up on you. No, um, and, and there's all these you know, problems that happen. It's, it's this moment where looking forward is there's less time ahead than there is behind, you know, looking ahead is shorter. Um, you know, when, when you're young, you have this expanse of time and it's like, oh, I can accomplish all these things. And suddenly you go, you know what? I have to make choices. Yeah. I have to make choices about all kinds of things about are the people in my life, people who give me energy and grace. Somebody said that to me recently that, her choices are to be only with friends that give to her in terms of energy and that are are people who build her up. She just doesn't have time anymore for, you know, mm-hmm. people who drag her down. So is it is it the idea you're facing your own mortality? Yeah, you're facing point? your own mortality and the fact that life will be over. You know, this is the amount of time I probably got and I can only accomplish, I can only love so much, I, I have to prioritize things so that, you know, this is it. This is my one life. And I mean, I you know, people may have spiritual beliefs about an everlasting life, but in terms of on earth right now, this is what I've got. And and suddenly it's limited. And that is just a startling realization. And so you start making choices that you may not have made Yes. Earlier, and yes. Your, your choices you know, start to become more specific, right? And intentional. And, you know, the man buying the convertible, right, is like, well, I I deserve this. You know, mm. I've I've saved money my whole life. I haven't spent money. I haven't done enough fun. You know, mm. maybe I've been too invested in work. Or people look at their marriages, and they say, you know what, this doesn't make me happy. Mm. You know, this is this person that I'm with. There's there's nothing left here. There's no juice. There's no love. You know, yes. a lot of times people stay together, right, until their kids go off to college. And that's about midlife for most of us. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, you know, is do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Hmm. And sexually, you know, if you've been in a partnership where you're not growing and planning and prioritizing sex and suddenly you go, you know what? It's harder to get it up, you know? It's harder to uh, – I'm dry, and it's harder to have an orgasm if you're a woman. And it's like, you know, is, is this really what you want to keep doing for your one and only true life, right? But there it sounds like, though, you're saying that sex becomes less of a priority, whereas what I – I guess what maybe the cliched, stereotypical response I see in in midlife is seeking out is – have, is having an affair, honestly – and seeking out yeah. somebody younger, or at least for men possibly, is seeking out somebody younger, somebody they perceive to be hotter, you know, something like that that but typifies think, that that yeah. that desire. So I think part of it though is the impetus for that is also personal, not just relational. I mean, people okay. realize they're losing sexual power. You know, mm-hmm. the a power of attraction is waning. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not as attractive at fifty and sixty as we were at 20 and 30 and 40, you know, (laughs) I think 40 is the most beautiful age. I will say, you know, actually I think men hit their peak at about 55. That, that is, yeah, they look so manly. They're so, (laughs) you know, they're real men at that age, but they're like, you know, not fading. I mean, I don't know. I think that's a really beautiful age. Cool. 
Yeah. Looking for looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that what you were talking about too is that they don't feel as desirable in themselves. When somebody else expresses that desire in them, then that really kind of that's very um, attractional. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, which can which can lead, I would assume, can lead to a lot of these questions that you're talking about is, do I really want to be with this person who's not making me happy, who doesn't desire me? Or, you know, who, you think, well, my, my partner is used to me. You know, yeah. they're not giving me the appreciation and the compliments for both what I've achieved and yeah. who I am. And, you know, some young thing suddenly who's hot and sexy, you know, sees me as powerful, you know, sees me as potent. Mm. And then it's like, that's a hit. That's a hit to the ego right res- at a time when you're losing kind of your own confidence. Yeah, it's, that's that's very hard to resist, and especially in that moment. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think women as well. You know, women make choices too in midlife. It's like, you know, do I want to be with somebody who hasn't talked to me for the last 20 years? No, no, I really don't. You know, I want to be with somebody who finds me interesting, who finds me sexy, yeah. you know, who sees me. Right. I think this is one problem in long-term marriage is we stop seeing each other. Yeah. You know, it's we think we know everything about each other and it's like the questions stop coming. We can't learn anything new. Yeah. And and sexually, you know, without that kind of interest, I think for women there is less punch. You know, somebody being yeah. interested in us is really hot. Right. Women are kind of they don't want bad sex lives either and so like if if both people have lost interest in each other, their sex life is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So I think that also mm-hmm. becomes a, a consideration as well. And, and I think you're, you're challenging your internal ideas as well at midlife. I mean, it's like, gosh, I've been inhibited for the last 30 years in this marriage. And, you know, I'm fantasizing of not being inhibited. And yeah. I want to go out there and experiment sexually in an un- uninhibited way. Yeah. You know, so I, do I need to offload the guy? You know, who who I can maybe blame for the inhibition versus my own reckoning. Like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I've been uninhibited. Yeah. It seems like what or you're talking about. I've ta- been inhibited. It seems like what you're talking about is that there's a real crossroads at where you start to look back over life and go, what are the choices I've made that I'm satisfied with? But more so, what are the ones that the choices that I've made that I really regret? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that are really have led me to a place where maybe I don't want to be anymore. Right, because I think that happens. You're you're making choice. You're not really thinking about your choices a lot of times in mm-hmm. in the in the the long term life type context. Yeah, you're really thinking about what's going to be the, what's the best move for my career right now. What's the best for our relationship right now? And it's it's really hard to think in terms in broader terms. And so mm-hmm. maybe you get to midlife and you look back and you go, well, what am I satisfied with with where I am and what yeah. I've got. And I think in our 30s and our 40s, you know, we we put our head down Mm. and we put our nose to the grindstone and we just take it one day at a time. I mean, it's we're raising children. You know, we have kids to support. We have careers to develop. And Mm. you you can barely think about and assess your life. But in your 50s, you know, suddenly sometimes there's a little more space. The kids are grown. Maybe you have achieved enough financial security that you're like, okay, I, I don't need to to do this work a day, every day kind of thing. I, I want to look and see what might be more meaningful to me because mm. it looks like, you know, death is 30 years from now. I, I've lived 50 years and death is 30 years from now and it's scary. Yeah. I, I mean, the crossroads of midlife, I believe, is our fading power and our increased sense of vulnerability. 
You know, yeah. we, we're facing death. I mean, we're also facing oftentimes declining health, declining sexual prowess, uh, maybe erections, menopause, male pause. I mean, there's all these things that are going on. We're, we're losing our parents or we've lost our parents. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how that when that happens, the ceiling, you know, is gone. And suddenly the, the sense of exposure of, oh, I'm the oldest generation here, you know, that, that becomes very keen to us. And I say that as both my husband and I have lost our fathers this last year, just, you know, how, how different that changes your viewpoint about life. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about midlife crises and sex and what we're facing. And this is your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be right back after this break. Wanting sex again. How to rediscover desire and heal a sexless marriage by certified sex therapist, Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Okay, so Adam, I have this joke, and it's about a man and a frog. Now, Lori, before you tell it, I want to know: is it a funny joke? <laughs> is it is it gonna is it is it gonna make me belly laugh, or is it gonna make me ha ha laugh? I don't know if it's a funny joke. It's it's funny to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hit me with it. Let's 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 see. Okay. <laughs> So I think Adam doesn't think this joke is funny is what he's trying to tell you. (laughs) Okay, so there's this older man, and he's walking down the street, right? And he hears a Uh frog talking. And the frog says, you know, if you pick me up, um, I'll turn into a beautiful woman if you kiss me. 
And so the man thinks about it, and he picks up the frog, puts the frog into his pocket, and walks along. And the frog starts to complain, well, aren't you going to kiss me? You know, I'll turn into a ravishing woman, and you can have me all you want. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And eventually, the man says, I think I'd rather have a talking frog in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam doesn't think this is funny. No, I think it's funny. But, but I think I the think issue funny. when you're at midlife is some of what happens is, you know, there's a lot of pressure mm. with the demand for hot sex, especially if your erections are waning and... Mm. Sometimes also I think there's there's we're more compelled toward meaning. Yeah. You know, I want to have sex that's meaningful to me uh, with somebody who's interested in me, who appreciates me. Yeah. But I, I also think there's one thing that people come to is that there are other values that are super important. And I think that this value of connection grows, especially for men, I think, who maybe have felt more compelled to – build their financial kingdom, uh, mm. and certainly women these days feeling compelled as well to build their financial kingdom. But at midlife, you go, is this all there is? You know, Is it worth the money? Was it worth sacrificing time with my children to be working 60 hours a week? Yeah. You know? It sounds like, too, that you can go down two different roads, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like you can go down a road that tries to reclaim youth, that tries to have an experience or another person the, to try to to get that back. And I think that's what the kind of some of the stereotypical stuff of affairs or, you know, big cars or, you know, other things like that, that are, that are, don't really work, mm-hmm. right, in the mm-hmm. way that I think you're tr- they're trying to get them to work. Exactly. Would you agree with that? They, they, I think they don't work because they see the locus of the problem outside of the self. Mm, yeah. I mean, in midlife, the challenge is, and this is from David and Jill Scharf, who are sex therapists and amazing psychiatrists, and they say, you know, that the choice is either growth and regeneration or threat and retreat. Mm. And so people, when they're afraid, sometimes they externalize that and try to, you know, sort of grab something else that will renew them instead of doing the hard work of this process, facing your mortality, facing your choices, making those difficult changes inside so that you become the person who is compelling or you look at your partner differently. I mean, is that the the person that you want to be? Like the the person that you're trying to be there becoming that person? Yeah, I think you you want to be the person who is growing internally, Hmm. you know, who doesn't retreat and say, well, this is all life has and I'm going to just wait it out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have lots of friends who are at midlife or, or beyond, and some of them are growing, deepening people. 
Mm. You know, they're growing with each other. And others of them, it's like they're settling. It's like, well, this is as good as we can make it. And so they don't continue to try to work on their relationship, let alone their sex life. Mm. You know, they just settle. This is it. And it's it's really sad. You almost see their personality kind of shrinking, going into their shell. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a sadness when you watch people make that choice. Yeah. And so how do we fight back against this? I mean, there's I think there's some things that we have that are some tips for that yeah. um, that I'd like to that I would really like to hear you talk about, because I think that's from my perspective, if it's coming, I want to avoid it and I want to or it's not coming. avoid it, not avoid it, but <laughs> to work through it in a healthy in a healthy way and want yeah. the people that are experiencing it now to be able to work through it in a healthy way. So one of the things you have on here is wait until you sorted through your feelings before dealing with the making decisions. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think when midlife crisis hits you, it it feels like a crisis. Like I've got to do something now. Mm. You know, I mean, this is my moment. I may never have good sex again. And so there's this, you know, fear and panic almost. Yeah. And so people make choices in that state of mind that may have far-reaching repercussions. So, you know, maybe it's like you keep bringing up the affair, which I think is is one of the solutions that people make sexually. You know, it's like I don't know how to enliven this marriage sexually. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm seeing my power being lost. Um, I got to have sex while I can. You know, I got to have good, great sex now. And so they do step out and and have an affair without necessarily – Going to therapy yeah. and talking with their partner about what they want and finding out what their partner wants. I mean, sex is a place that can change at midlife. Yeah. And I think the midlife crisis, any crisis, can be an opportunity. Yeah. What you're saying is there, there's a false sense of urgency there mm-hmm. um, that, it has, that something has to change right now if it's going to change at all. And the, and the truth is that feelings wax and wane. They change, right? Um, and yeah. so being able to sort through them and, and at first, it helps you avoid some really devastating consequences. Yeah, and I think your your partner may have changed as well. Mm. I mean, I know when all our kids were out of the house in college and, you know, I, I mean, it was a difficult stage for us. It was much more difficult than we anticipated, you know, having to reassess, you know, what do we have in common? What do we want to have in common? I mean, there were, you know, a few dicey months in there. That it was, we were really looking at each other and trying to figure out, you know, what the next step is. I mean, gratefully, you know, we found all kinds of things we had in common and places that we wanted to explore and things we wanted to do. But it's a difficulty. Mm -hmm. Number two you have on here I think is a really good one. Throw away your inhibitions before throwing away your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, what do you mean by that? What's, I think that's a good one. I think so many things sexually you know, have been maybe problematic in youth, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believed I needed to be X, Y, and Z. I needed to look a certain way or I needed to act a certain way or this is what the culture told me. And, you know, you may be able to explore sexually in a brand new way in midlife, which, you know, makes young people go, ooh, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> you know, old people having sex. How great could that be? It's like, well, it could be actually really great. And you're going to be old someday as well, so you want to you have good sex. And, and this is the denial, right? right I mean, this denial, is why right. it strikes us, like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my mother's looking at me in the mirror. 
You yeah. know, my father's <laughs> sure. looking at me in the mirror. It's like, yeah. th- it's scary. Yeah. So the throwing those away and uh, trying them with your partner before you're throwing your partner right. away. I think that, that, exactly. is, that is really key. And the third one you have. <laughs> the administration buy the convertible. Try an affair with your partner. What do you, What do you mean? The, what do you mean about those things? Well, I think that you know the idea of the affair is, you know, you are doing all kinds of new things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people in midlife say, you know, who are maybe trapped in their CEO job or their practice or whatever, and they say, you know what? I'm going to sneak off for an hour and a half lunchtime in a hotel room and call my partner, you know, Mm. meet me downtown. Yeah. You know, I mean, that kind of jolt to an existing relationship could be very, very exciting. I mean, maybe the two of you buy the convertible and you go off to the beach every weekend or, Mm. I mean, why not try it? I, I think there's something so worthwhile in having somebody in your life who's known you all your life. Yeah. And so you're really saying do those things together. The try thing, try the, it first. Yeah. You know, all that energy that you would put into an affair, try putting it into your existing relationship. Or even the other things. I had a client who was going through something similar, and his was he decided to start jumping out of airplanes. You oh, know, yeah. You know? And yeah, like, my husband did that too. Oh, my and, gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, I think if you could, if your partner could come alongside you and do that with you, that would just that would change those things. Well. <laughs> yeah, I, never going to do I don't, that. I don't see you jumping out of no. <laughs> jumping. I'm out never of an jumping out of an airplane. No. <laughs> um, but if there was something else, maybe that you were willing to do that he was wanting to do to try to kind of revitalize or um, quote unquote feel young again, I guess. Yeah, you, that you would be up for. Absolutely. I think doing it together would be would make that difference. But you're right. I mean, the new activities and the risks. You know, people might try taking that together. I. I, th- I think that the the biggest risk is asking for what you want yeah. and and starting to reveal to your partner again the new midlife fantasies mm. you know whatever they are yeah if you're a partner to somebody that's going through that being open to hearing those right and mm-hmm. not um, not dismissing them as the midlife crisis like yeah, not I, just dismissing them because you've reached that point in life but being open and willing to hear. Um, from your partner, what they're going through. And, and hanging on to your anxiety, like containing mm, and yes. managing your anxiety. When your partner says, you know, I, I've uh, been fantasizing having sex with lots of other people. Mm. I mean, that's a scary thing to hear. Yeah. But it's, I mean, if your partner is telling you that, they're keeping the intimacy between you and mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And maybe you ask, instead of saying, well, you know, thanks a lot. Maybe you ask, well, what's the fantasy? Why now? What What's going on for you? Tell me yeah. about those fantasies. What are you fantasizing about with yeah. other people? Yeah. You know, and, and don't be so defensive that, you know, oh, you know, you're, you, you're not thinking about me mm. 100% of the time. Yeah. It's like I, I think maybe one good blessing in mid midlife is that you become more realistic. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I want to know, what did you do when Derek told you he wanted to go jump out of an airplane? Uh, well, he didn't actually tell me. He just went and did it with my middle son. <laughs> he, didn't, he, he, he blamed didn't it on my middle son, who's an adventurer. You know, I mean, this is the kid when he was five who would go down those great big water slides at the park. Yeah. I mean, he he was always up for an adventure. And so he blamed it on his, like, 18th birthday or something and said, <laughs> oh, you know, he wanted to go do it. I'm like, yeah, great. And they're like, we didn't tell you because we knew you'd be against it and you'd feel too scared and – but I will say my son has said once was enough. You know, he doesn't think he'll do that again. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Uh, but we have some friends who recently, her father, I think she, he's like 
85 or something, and he just jumped out of his first airplane. So I guess awesome. I guess there's still room. Awesome. Well, we've been talking about midlife crisis, sex in the midlife crisis. And so just a quick recap of some of the things we talked about that might be helpful for you. One is just sorting through your feelings about it before making any big decisions, right? And Mm -hmm. avoiding some of those bigger consequences. Mm -hmm. And Uh, throwing away your inhibition before you try throwing away your partner. Yeah, that's I think that's just a big one. Trying an affair with your partner, which that that just sounds like a, such a good thing to do to to keep that excitement in there. Doing the putting the energy that you would put into an affair um, into your partner exactly. would be really rejuvenating. Exactly, and I, I'd just like to end that the philosopher Kestenbaum says, "Plan on two marriages in every lifetime, sometimes to the same person." So yeah. you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist Lori Watson and your couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening about midlife crises and sex. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 